Hello, my name is David Turner and this is another Lunar Poetry Short. Today I'm in Weatherspoons pub in Liverpool Street in London. It's 11 o'clock in the morning, 23rd of December, and the reason I'm saying that is because this is attempt two at an interview <laughs> with Fakaya Balakin. We, we recorded this yesterday at my house in Camberwell mm. and I lost the audio file. And we're just going to try and do it again. Hello, Fikaya. Hi, David. Thank you for meeting you me You owe me chocolate for <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, as always, we're going to um, start with a poem. As it's the 23rd of December, we're going to start with something Christmassy. Okay. I, um, this is a Christmas poem. I just wrote it, so I don't really have a title for it. Maybe Christmas jingle. I don't know. Maybe you tell me what you think and get a title for me. Um, all right, here we go. Plus two, three, four, ten more numbers, and the scream cuts through the silence of my room. Hello. Clustered with molecules of children's laughter, mothers' cautions, breaking bones and barking dogs seeps through the speaker. I try to pick our words, like sand in salt, it fades in and out like our tongue is on life support. We're only hours apart, attached by disconnected circuits, we are frozen in space. Hello. Hello, hello, you're breaking up, hello. The thunder runs through my chest. I'm a child again, wondering if she'll be back. A feet slapping the marble floor replaces the chaos. I can barely hear. Her voice is sealed in robot robotic static. She can barely hear me. I'm the uncomfortable silence. After 10 seconds, that seems like hours, I hear her, clear as cl crystal. Sorry, the noise is much. The smile roasted in her voice bounces, bounces off the wall, painting it in colors of red like the blood of the chicken now being crushed like iceberg by the titanic moths chatting behind her. Merry Christmas, she says. Thank you, Ma, I answer. Fearing if I say the traditional, same to you, Ma. I may open the river of pain slapping the border of my throat. If I say same to you, I may be lying. No, not like that. You see, I love my mom to bits. But the bits of frozen chicken from Asta in the dirty plate by the corner is brewing a must of envy. And as much as I want to wish her a merry, merry Christmas, I wish her Christmas was merry by my side in this land of people that don't look or talk like me. Five Christmas away from home, Abike, she says. A pierced heart rises through the way she called me, and I see this is a two way street. A double-edged sword slicing us both apart, making us bleed on the testy ground of words not spoken, hugs dried like expired milk. We make small talk. Did you go for mass, she asks. Yes, I lied. It wasn't really a lie. I mean, I got to the church, and it didn't seem like Christmas. You see, the Christmas mass I know is a battleground, with armies of bright gilly, spread like fishes on land, dancing to the rain of drums, and tumbling. Children covered in glee glitters running around in dresses but months ago. That is the only Christmas present they'll get. This will join the collection of party and church dresses at the bottom of their boxes. We don't do Christmas trees, you see. We go to the market and buy robes worthy of princes and princesses for our children. We select a befitting attire and then go to church to dance like David danced. Trust me when I say mine is, is a praising country. We kill chickens and cook rice. We dust the mortar and boil the spinach. Yes, I didn't lie. I went. The church just, just didn't feel like Christmas. I turned back when, I, when all I saw at mass was hoodie and old people barely murmuring hymns. 
so I called mother to hear a familiar melody and feel the merriness of Christmas. I, I miss you, Ma, I say. I know that, but Christmas is for families, and I'm in every stranger you smile at today, she says. So I went back home, carried the box of chocolates I was saving for later. I put on my mink coat and stepped into the empty streets. Oh, sweet snow, fresh, cold hair on my face. I walk offering every soul I meet with smile and a chocolate. An hour later, I arrive at a location, sweating, an empty box of chocolate and an empty smile. Oh my goodness, Vicario, your hands are frozen, my friend says. I fall into her warm hands and flood her with all the love I have left. When mother calls tonight, I'll be wishing her a Merry Christmas and sing her this Christmas song. Keresi messi, keresi messi day, keresi messi day. Abi olubala kafunwa ni ilu Bethlehem. Eniti o joba ye ayera ye. Awa si tiri ra warela wasomo. Awa si walasi muebu. For bata biloni, mumebu kwa funo bata bi, mumebu kwa funo Jesus, mumebu kwa la tano jinji. Rere, onke kere mumu afuno, Baba Sha, Bokwe mi, kere si mesi. Kere si mesi day, kere si mesi day. Thank you so Finish. much. <laughs> Thank really you. Beautiful. Thank you. Oh, wow. Um, I don't think I know how to sing that well, but, well. It's that. a little bit, no, you've seen it. Much better. I'm glad it's you singing and not me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't have gone as well as that. But, okay. Uh, I'll take your word for yeah, it. Yeah. Um, so, first question, as ever, is why poetry? Um, why poetry? Okay. Um... I was a quiet, shy kind of child, and I had two brothers, and I was a last one, and I kind of, most of the time, always be by myself, and it was, I just started writing, really, because um, it made more sense for me to write down things. And when I got into secondary school, which is what you guys call high school, yeah, um, I discovered that, that what I was writing was a little bit, it was like poetry, because um, it was, I was writing in the way, like, I can't really write directly, because then that would leave me open, and I really am a kind of private person, and with poetry, I can weave what I'm thinking into words and people don't really know what I'm feeling but they can still relate to it because that's the way poetry works um, you write something from a personal perspective and it means something to you but when other people read it even if they don't understand what you were feeling at the time you wrote it it works with them it, it, it resonates in, on another level with them and that's what poetry in terms of is the only form of writing, in my opinion, is the only form of writing where you write to express yourself and still write to hide your feelings. Yeah, it's um, yeah. A, f 
a funny mix, isn't it? You're trying yeah. to be open, but also a lot of the time, because I think yeah. if it's purely confessional, it's not yeah. very accessible to other people. It needs to be a bit more generalised, doesn't it, for people to connect with it, maybe? Yeah, think, yeah. Um, I think it's um, sometimes when you write... Um, because it's, it's hard for people to separate writers from their works. So everyone always thinks you're writing about yourself, but you're writing about your parents, or you're writing about people close to you when you write. And sometimes it, it makes you really feel vulnerable because you're, you're naked. It's all you're thinking in your head that you put down. And writing that in prose is, it means you're writing down everything you're thinking. And... It's, it's too open, but with poetry, you can always gives you that freedom to express it. So if you're thinking, oh, okay, I'm really feeling very shitty right now. If you write it and say that you're really feeling very shitty, that is you coming out and telling people, mm. all right, this is what I'm feeling. But when you're writing poetry, you don't write that you're feeling shitty. You could just write that, oh, my heart is blue. <laughs> Your heart is blue could mean so many things. Yeah, no. It could mean you're you're tired, it could mean you're finished, it could mean whatever. Yeah. So it's, it's left to you to interpret it. Like, if you feel you want to tell people the story behind it, then it's up to you. And if you don't feel like you want to tell them the story, then you don't have to. But when they read it, they would find somewhere in their, in, in their mind and it would still make sense to them. And you don't really have to say what you're thinking. Yeah. And... Which uh, which writers or poets have influenced you the most? Uh, when I was growing up, um, I read a lot of Wally Shoyinka's work, which is, is a Nigerian writer. And um, one poem that probably stayed with me, and pro- probably I would say is one poem that really was at the beginning of my journey of um, writing journey is um, to look at so I think it's by Robert first and those are the two people that I think would I would say have influenced my started influencing my writing and along the way I've read other writers and authors and they've in turn influenced uh, my my writing uh, like when I was I did my master's in creative writing at Rampton University and one point that I really worked with was Gwendolyn Brooks uh, I loved her work and one poem that I really loved that she wrote was um, we're real cool I love that poem <laughs> I love it a bit so um, from the beginning of my writing I've, I've um, had different writers um, influence the way I write really and I'm always looking out for new writers and and it's spoken it was um last year that I discovered spoken word which is great it seemed like I um I can't remember who said it but someone said it seemed like um theater and poetry kind of got together had a baby and called it spoken <laughs> word uh, which is I think is um Sarah K but I think that is that is just the best way to describe it cuz I love acting but um I guess my friend didn't really like me going into acting. Though my my father is really, you've got to. My dad is a lawyer, so you've got to state your case yeah. really well. If you can state your case with all the facts and make him see your point, he will let you do anything. <laughs> but you've got to just be able to argue it out mm-hmm. to him, and that is really a difficult thing. But um, so f- spoken word was just it was great. I mean, like. It, it's me writing, and I could stand there and act out what 
who I'm writing and um, on the spoken word scene there's been there are a lot of great writers and spoken word artists house here at, in London and believe outside London I went to Edinburgh and there were so many people I was blown away uh, so a lot of writers knew who would have really influenced my writing and I'm sure I'll still discover more people that's that's the thing with um that's obviously how we met was spoken word yes. in london uh, and probably at the poetry cafe we met yeah poetry cafe. most yeah, people most poets meet at the poetry cafe in london but um yeah you just <coughs> as soon as you, whenever you feel like you're you know what's going on about 10 new people come along and I know. Like there's, they're just brilliant. There's <laughs> always there was always really new people. <laughs> I know. You get there and you see a new person. Sometimes you get there and you see some people and you're like, all right, I think I can definitely do better than that. And then sometimes you see some new people that you've never seen before and they'll be like, oh, I'm a spoken word virgin. But when they come <laughs> on stage, you're like, oh my god, why didn't I think about that? Like yeah. seriously, there are really a lot of people that are writing and hiding it on their bed and. I think a lot of people should but, um, find the boldness to kind of yeah. come out and show their writing because we've got a lot to say. I and think everyone's got a lot to say. Speaking of uh, spoken word, we'll have another reading. Okay, this poem is titled Tonight. Tonight is one of those nights. You know, the ones where every minute is an acid bat. Questions fall and open wounds, the sweat of an empty room seeps through the strike of the clock. And though work feels like clashes going home, it's a gunshot to the heart. I look to the cloud to soak me in the rain of your voice, wash away the grains of your absence boring into my thoughts, sending me on a spiral stairs of tears and laughter along the rim of fading memories. The stars start to form your face and stops. Like a broken swing, leaving me to get if that little star by the moon is the glitter in your hearts or the sparkle of your tits. If the hugging stars are really you or the heavenly bodies having a laugh at my tears. Even words, befriending each other in the pub of poetry have lost their warmth. They pour on the page like cloud wind, leaving the parts of ashes on me. Hanging on my tongue, a taste that makes me gag and throw up crystals of kisses we once shared. Tonight, words fail me. They fall without a sound, bouncing of the world that still has the tint of your shadow. You're the tin hair, whistling everywhere and nowhere. You're the silence I hear and the echoes I wear in my heels. Tonight is one more night I had to my collection of unwanted mirrors of memories. With broken skin and pierced vein, I'll find the strength moving. Till another night like this comes along. But this is my official notice to you and to God who tied us together with the rope of two horses galloping towards different directions. I'm stretching so thin I'm about to snap. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, so we spoke a bit yesterday about the fact that you, um, growing up in Nigeria, you spoke Yoruba at home, yeah. but your education was in English at school. Yes. Could you just talk, maybe explain a bit about how your literature education was um, and how it was divided between African writers and, um, I suppose, European and American yeah. English okay. language writers? Um, I think we did mainly European writers, actually, because um, Nigeria is a, was colonised by Britain. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so the country is like we've got like two hundred and fifty ethnic groups, and we all speak different languages, eat different food, wear different clothes. Uh, the official language is English, and so most of the schools, except the ones in the villages, uh, most of the schools speak English. They teach in English, and um, um, well, my parents spoke Yoruba because. If they didn't, we probably would not speak our language. Uh, we spoke English in school, and then we are not allowed to speak your. You are not allowed to speak your native language in school. In some schools, you've got to pay like one naira or something if you speak um, your native language in school. So you are not allowed to, even though we still do. Um, yeah. So the literature, it's. Um, when you start really start to deal with literature is in the the educational system the secondary school that is your high school is six years um you've got three years junior classes and then um three years senior classes and that's when you do um the literature so you've got your syllabus for the three years and you do your final exam in in the third year um so throughout that three years you've got um you, we have the african pros and the non-african pros so the african pros are by um African writers, not necessarily Nigerian, but African, so Ghana, Nigeria, um, or any other African country, and the not African is obviously from the West, and we've got the prose, we've got the drama, um, then we have you, you every syllabus has um, a Shakespeare in it, so it's either Merchants of Venice, I did Merchants of Venice, or Othello, any other um, Shakespeare um, drama. And then you've got poetry, so you might we might have like um, four poems by um, African writers and then four non-African writers um, poems. So that is studied for the whole three years, and then in the final year you do the questions come from all these um, poems and texts that you've studied, and you've got to answer those questions. So it's a mixture of both, really. You've got African and non-African in all three genres of writing. Yeah. And um, are there any African writers uh, in particular that you would recommend to people listening to check out? Because I'm sure there'll be plenty of people interested in um, uh, trying to hunt some okay, new yeah, writers down. Yeah, there's a lot of them, really. Um, one person that everyone probably knows is Wale Shunyakar. Um, his writing is great. Um one of his drama that is well known is Good Son Not to Blame. Uh, I think it's been done done to death. <laughs> like <laughs> everyone does it. And um yeah, so he's he's writing that quite good. Is um is a political person, so most of his writings are kind of a little bit political. And um for the there's a new Gondari um Femi Oshafison, um Ben Okri. Yeah, he's also a great um, writer, and there's a, Niger there's a Nigerian writer that when I was in secondary school, I never knew he was Nigerian. I used to think he was not a Nigerian because his name is J.P. Clark. You never would think okay. that was a Nigerian, and but yeah, he's, he's I think I studied some of his poems in school, and he's also a great writer and one of the modern writers now is um chimamanda um writings have been made into films like um the half of the yellow song um so yeah those are writers that i think everyone should check out 
Thank you very writing. much. And I'm also a writer. That you should check out my writing. Yeah, definitely so. check, out <laughs> definitely yeah, check yeah, me yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah actually. We'll mention your blogs and stuff, but we'll have one final reading first, uh, and then we'll yeah, and then we'll tell people where they can check out your work. Um, this poem is titled um, "Lust," and is to everyone, every country that's been taken without consent. Um, yeah, there we go. The sky was dressed in spotted darkness, about flashes of emerald. The breeze turned leaves into jellyfishes, ran its hands through the wall like a child does with too much sugar. It was that night I stared into the face of love. As he pulled me by my crown, pinned my face to the rocky scales of the barber tree and yanked my skirts away. Cold wind rushed between my legs, flushed my will, my freedom through my mouth with every scream of no! Don't! Please. Boy slammed away till he released his poison inside of me. A toxic glow exploding through my veins till I became still. Crushed berries was my bed, dead leaves hugged my naked body. I could feel the sting of a thousand bees between my legs. I watched the heads soak up the slimy liquid dripping from my core. You walk the sleeping dragon with your giggles, love, he said. I wanted to scream, don't tell me it's my fault, that your mind is a sinkhole. I came to find love. No one warned me that men had become wolves, devouring every beating heart. No one sent me the memo, or was it lost in the mail like my soul? I wanted to scream, but my cud had lost the will for words. I watched him. Zip up the murder weapon and laughed. His laughter flying ahead of his testy boots as he beat a part away from my battered soul. I died that summer evening. My headstone read, Beloved daughter, she loved berries. I was buried deep on a wasted land with no berry trees. The priest said I died an unholy death. Like it was my fault that no one saw that I died long before I became dead. The world asked me to speak, I said. Words, words are dogs without bites, bees without sting, kings without crowns. Words cannot describe the injustice that's been done to my soul. They said words will buy you justice. I told them I come from a line of novelty, a city of virgin maidens, frail fairies, white hills and red mountains with unicorns. But what has been taken from me is my life. My soul ripped from its very roots have disappeared into oblivion. Words cannot bring me back. Thank you. This seems to be like honour. Thank you very much, Fukaya. Um, thank you very much, Fukaya. And um, anyone wants to check out your work, they can get you at www.fukayabalagun.wordpress.com. Yes. And the links will be underneath the video. Yeah. Thank you. And all the names that you recommended as well. We're going to put links to all the other writers and stuff. So. Okay. Thanks Thank very you. much. Thank you very Cheers. much, David. Bye bye. Save this.